It begins with openness. The willingness to come alongside someone else. To pour out. Care. Invest. It's about sharing the journey. Doing life. Together. Growing. Forging. Becoming. It's about selflessness. Caring enough to walk through the valley. Even when it's painful. To love people as Christ has loved us. It's rejoicing when they rejoice. Hurting when they hurt. Being a hand. An encourager. A friend. We were not created to wander alone. For as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Good morning. How you doing today? Are you? Are you doing good today? Good. It's been a um, rainy, wet spring, summer, hasn't it? So, uh, you know, I, th- I think of the, you know, all of the challenges in life. It's a pretty uh, small challenge, but I'm trying to keep my lawn mowed right now. It's crazy, right? So, well, hey, uh, whether you are joining us here in person or online, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Uh, we are continuing our series, uh, How to Foolproof Your Life. And as a church, we've been doing this brief survey of the book of Proverbs. And if you're on our email list or text message list, uh, you've been getting spammed probably every day, uh, reminding you to read the book of Proverbs. Uh, and if you're, if you're joining along in reading Proverbs, I think you should be reading chapter 21 uh, today. And so I, I don't know if for you, but man, as I read through the Proverbs, I'm like, man, I, I, it's hard to get through a full chapter because there's so many things. It's like, oh, uh, my wife was laughing at me. I was reading through it in the kitchen yesterday, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, I got to, and she just started laughing because I'm like, oh, how do you even get through all this and try to apply a chapter of Proverbs to your life, right? Uh, there's so much there. It's so full of just practical wisdom. Uh, some of the things I read this week were like Proverbs eighteen seventeen. It says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Man, there's some wisdom there, right? Because I think in, in our world today, we're so used to hearing from one side all the time. All, we're so divided in how we get our information that it's easy to think, man, that seems right, but we also need to listen to the other side, and, and that's in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 19.2 says, desire without knowledge is not good. Let me, let me read that again. Desire without knowledge is not good. Just because you desire to do something, right, you should probably gain some wisdom and knowledge around it before you jump into it. Matter of fact, it says, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. And that is great wisdom for life. It's great wisdom for business. Very practical. Or how about uh, Proverbs 20, 29 from yesterday? 
Uh, the glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Right? I kind of like that one. Uh, so, so today, we're going to be talking about building real friendships. That's the topic of today. Uh, and, and I want to start by sharing with you a story from Tim Kimmel, the president of Generations Ministries. And, and this is what he wrote. He says, my wife... Darcy and I were on a date sitting in the corner of a restaurant waiting for our food. I took out my pen and started making lines on a paper napkin. When I was done, I had made an acceptable likeness of a casket, and I slid it across the table. Darcy picked at it, rolled her eyes. Uh, She knew I hadn't been taking this milestone, the big 40, in my life as well as I should, should. Uh, But this time she had read my thinking wrong. How many people does it take to carry one of these? She looked at me with whimsical eyes and said, what is he up to now? But she gave the right answer, six. Darcy, if I died tomorrow, who would you ask to carry my casket? I had plenty of friends who I believed would be willing to help with this task, assuming there was nothing more pressing in their appointment book. But I didn't want those type of people carrying me to my grave. I wanted people who would drop whatever they were doing in order to drop me. You know, one of the best ways to foolproof your life is to have people in your life that love you enough to stick by you and to pray for you and to be honest with you. Right? We, we all need those kind of people in our lives, the type of people who uh, will drop everything to be at our funeral and might even shed a tear for us. Right? Those are the kind of people we need in our life. Now, now, there's different types of friends that we run across. You know, we have work friends and school friends and church friends and childhood friends. Uh, there are those we would call friends, but they're really more of acquaintances. Um, There are those old friends that you only talk to every couple of years. But when you do catch up, right, it's like your relationship just picks up from where it left off, right? We all have that friend in our life. Uh, According to a recent study that took place in 2019, and this is pre-pandemic, the average American adult has 16 friends in their life. Uh, They have three friends that are for life, right? So value those lifelong friends. They have five people that they really like and would hang out with one-on-one. Eight people they like but they don't spend time with or seek out. Uh, So we don't have a lot of friends in our lives. So so they're really something to value and to treasure, Uh, The other thing that's true is in the church, we don't talk a lot about friendship. Uh, As a matter of fact, the most quoted author on friendship wrote in the 12th century, so that should tell you something. Um, But St. Alred, uh, a 12th century English monk, actually says there's three types of friends. There's worldly friendships... Right? These are the friendships that are built around some sort of help that we get from being in relationship with them. 
right, that there's, a, there's an advantage to us to be in relationship. It might just be that we like them, we enjoy their company, it might be that they have something to offer, uh, but there's some sort of value there. These are working type relationships. Uh, sometimes they're friendships that feel very one-sided. Do you have any of those friends where you feel like you're giving all the time but not receiving? Right, that's these worldly type friendships. The second is carnal friendships, and, and they're built around pleasure. Uh, these are your golfing buddies. Uh, I, I know this wouldn't be true in the church, but these would be the friends that you would go and party with, right? And I know nobody here would do that, but, but those are carnal friendships. Then there's spiritual friendships. And spiritual friendships are different because they're built on the foundation of Jesus and they operate from this place of agape love. Uh, we talked about agape love last week. Remember, agape love, agape love is unconditional love that requires a decision of our will, which means agape love is an action, right? It's a choice, and it's something that we, we purpose to do. So, so spiritual friendships are founded on a relationship with Jesus and a decision of our will to remain in friendship through difficult times, even when the friendship becomes costly to us. Right? This is real friendship. So today, I want to talk very specifically about these spiritual friendships, or what I'm going to call real friendships today. Uh, the idea of spiritual friendships is really rooted in a theology that we believe as Christians, we're not just saved from our sin. We, we talk about that a lot, and that is true, right? The primary purpose Jesus came was to atone for our sin, to save us from our sin. That's the, the message of the cross. But, but it's only part of the story. We're not just saved from something. We're actually saved to something, right? We're saved into a community of believers, or what we call the church, Right, that's part of our theology. We don't believe that you, you become a Christian and then you're an island unto yourself. We believe that when you become a Christian, you become part of the body of Christ. Right? That's rooted in our theology. Uh, we believe that part of the work of Christ in our lives is to bring us into real community in the church. Matter of fact, God created us in such a way that we need these spiritual friendships, that we need these real friendships, that we need one another. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in Life Together, wrote this, Christian community means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. There is no Christian community that is more than this and none that is less than this. Whether it be a brief single encounter or daily community of many years, Christian community is solely this. We belong to one another only through and in Jesus Christ. Right? We belong to one another through and in Jesus Christ. Uh, here at North Cascades Christian Fellowship, right, our, our mission is to worship Jesus, build community, right, and engage our world. Building community, right, is the biblical call to belong, right? It's part of who we are. Um, what I'd like to do is to look at the Proverbs for some wisdom 
around building real friendships in our lives. And, and because this is a survey of Proverbs, we're going to jump all over the place again, and it's going to feel like Proverbs. So hopefully that's okay this morning, uh, and, and that's what we're going to do. So as we do that, let's pray together. Father God, we just come before you today, and Lord, I just thank you that you love us so much that you actually save us into community. That the church was your idea, that, that not walking this path alone is your idea. And so, Lord, as we talk about friendships today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would speak into our hearts and into our minds, into our souls. But, Lord, I also pray, if there's anyone here today who's lonely and feels like they don't have a friend, I pray today would be a word of encouragement and Lord, um, Lord, that we would be friendly people. So Lord, help us to glean from your wisdom today from the book of Proverbs. Just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that I see as I read the book of Proverbs, uh, specifically looking towards friendship, is that real friendships are purposeful friendships. Right? They just don't happen. You don't just find them. Right? They're very purposeful. I'm going to read Proverbs 18.24 from three different translations. First from the ESV, it says this. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. From the New King James, it says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And then from the New Living Translation, it says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I think it's interesting that depending on uh, what translation you read this text from, we read that in order to have friends, we must be friendly, but we also see that friends will let us down. Right? We have to be friendly to have friends, but friends can hurt us. Uh, as the NLT says, there are friends that destroy each other. Anyone here ever been deeply hurt by a friend, right, to the point that it destroyed the friendship? And those are painful. There, there's a reality. We, we live in a broken world full of broken people. And the Bible's pretty clear on this one. There is no one who is perfect except Jesus. And so there is no perfect relationship, uh, and, and relationships have the potential to go sideways. We realize that. Uh, and I think one of the things that happens is once we get hurt, oftentimes we are afraid to engage at the same level. Yet that is exactly where we need to be. Uh, the same proverb says, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, we understand that this proverb is a prophetic proverb. It points us to Jesus, but it's also practical. A, a friend is often closer than an actual brother. Uh, here's the takeaway. Real friendships take work. Right? The, the truth is uh, any healthy relationship that you have takes work. Relationships don't just happen. That's true of your marriage. It's true at work. It's true with friends. And, and Jesus is our example here. Think about the effort Jesus put into having a relationship with us. 
First, he left heaven. Like, once I get to heaven, I'm not leaving, right? Uh, But Jesus left heaven. He came to earth. He lived among us. Right? He walked on this earth as a sinless man. He died for our sins. He died a brutal death for our sins. He rose from the dead. Right? He, he then offers us forgiveness and grace. He, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. He has gone to prepare a place for us in heaven. Right? He says right now, he's building your place in heaven. He's still working for you right now. And he says he's coming back for us. On top of that, we have 24-7 access to Jesus through prayer. Now, I'm a pastor. You text me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not answering. Just not. My phone's on silent, right? I'm asleep. But Jesus gives us 24-7 access. And even though we're often unfaithful to Jesus, he is always faithful to us, and he forgives us. One of my favorite verses, the older I get, I have a, I always mention this to my wife, I said, oh, this is one of my life verses. She goes, you got a lot of those. It's like the older I get that, you know, but, but 1 John 1, 9 has, has been with me for a long time because I need this verse, right? And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When we offend Jesus, he forgives us. When we do things that should destroy our relationship with Jesus, he offers us grace. Jesus loves us with agape love. And our friendship with Jesus didn't happen by chance. Jesus was and is very purposeful in his relationship and friendship with us. Matter of fact, in John 15, 15, it says, Jesus says, that I have called you friends. We're not just servants of God, but we're friends of God. And Jesus is our model for real friendships. If we want spiritual relationships, we must be purposeful about that. Matter of fact, in John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Right? The example that Jesus set for us is the exact example that we're supposed to follow when it comes to our friendships with other people. Jesus is our example. So showing up to church on Sunday really is not enough. As a matter of fact, you can show up to church every Sunday and never build one real friendship. Right? We see it all the time. Matter of fact, I think people may even avoid building friendships in the church because even in the church, right, there are friends who destroy each other. So many people have been wounded by the church. And when we say wounded by the church, what we're really saying is that they've been wounded by the people who go to church or lead the church because that is the church. And I recognize that as a pastor. That's a reality. Yet at the same time, at the very core of our faith is this belief that Jesus came not just to save us from our sin, but to save us into community. 
Right? You can't, you can't have one without the other. Because Jesus came to do both. Man, this has been true since the beginning. In, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, It is not good for man to be alone. Right? God created us to live in community. Now, I realize that this is talking about a husband-wife relationship in Genesis chapter 2. But the observation is the same. Right? When God created everything, he said everything is good until he came to